0: You're listening to episode 71 of the Influencer Podcast. Now, today's guest is someone that I have long admired as she has so much inspiration on her Instagram and really is trying to help all of us lead a healthier life. She has also become a friend of mine over the last year, which I am so, so thankful for because Jen Esquire is not like any old fit influencer that you see on Instagram. She found her niche in the fitness world as a doctor of physical therapy and uses her social platforms to push educational videos on how to maintain mobility, increase strength, And prevent pain throughout the body. She's a former gymnast and Pilates instructor, and her vision really is to empower others to move and live a pain free active lifestyle. On top of all of that, she has become one of the most respected influencers in her niche and has authentically grown to nearly half a million followers on Instagram. She's also just an incredible human being. I love her so much. I love her amazing boyfriend, Lewis Howes, who is the founder of the School of Greatness podcast. If you haven't, Followed them yet? Listen to their message, listen to their mission. Those are two amazing people to follow, and I cannot wait for you to hear about Jen today, more of her story, how she's been able to grow what she has, and how she stuck out from the saturation, plus so much more. So stay tuned. Before we dive in, I want to give my warm appreciation to our reviewer of the week, and that is JDA2Got. And she says, I can't believe this is free! I can't believe I found this podcast through Jasmine star. Not only is the amazing information for free, but because it's a podcast, you learn new things every week. Social media is changing constantly. Therefore, the fact that she is dedicating her time to help the blogging and social world is great. I will continue to listen for Julie's advice because it's incredible. I've done a lot of masterclasses and there are hundreds of dollars, and this is actually a hundred percent more helpful. Wow. Thank you so much. That's so amazing that you're getting so much value. And of course, it's amazing that our amazing sister, Jasmine Starr, brought you over here. She was on an episode of the Influencer Podcast. If you have not heard that episode with Jasmine Starr, it is a must listen. Make sure to go back and check that one out. And you can do that by listening to episode 20 with Miss Jasmine Star. Now, of course, I want to hear from more of you who listen in each week. So make sure to subscribe to The Influencer Podcast over on iTunes. Give us a review so I can highlight your review in an upcoming episode. And please make sure to screenshot today's episode on your phone. Tag me on your Instagram story at Jewel Solomon. Also tag our awesome guest today at DocJenFit and hashtag The Influencer Podcast to let us know that you are joining in today as you know that I love to share your screenshots on my Instagram story Hello, Jen, and welcome to the podcast today. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you. I appreciate
1: you having me on.
0: Yes. Well, you know, I I know that we've gotten to know each other, I guess, over the past year through mutual friends, um, through Lewis, of course, and I've really gotten to learn more about who you are and really the amazing work that you do and how it not only influences a fantastic community and tribe that you've cultivated, but really influences just kind of an overall wellness and um, just a more productive way to live, I would think. And, and I say that in a way that um, the way that you work, or at least the way that I see you work online, is unlike any other kind of quote unquote fitness that I've ever seen. And I'm so excited for you to kind of dive into that today and really share with us where your passion for mobility really came from and why you have kind of niched down on that as, as really being the most important part for what you do and how you deliver your amazing Mm -hmm. gifts to the world.
1: Yeah, well, I appreciate you having me on again. And it's just, it's been such a fun journey to kind of, discover that in, in terms of nailing down exactly what I wanted to bring community. Cause I did start off with just your typical fitness Instagram. I mean, not like the booty posts, but <laughs> but more of just like actually just working out while I was in grad school. That was all I was posting. I got into calisthenics and kind of uh, met a lot of yoga people, acrobatic people, and was just enjoying the active journey and meeting like-minded friends who love to move their bodies as well. And that was all my Instagram was focused on.
0: And what I think is so interesting is that a lot of people, it takes them kind of a while to figure out their niche, right? Especially on social media. So many people just kind of start doing everything or or doing kind of what they're seeing other people do and not really having a strategy behind it. Was there ever a strategy for you to say, you know, I want to focus really on the mobility aspect of, of health and wellness and fitness, or was it just something that kind of came out of your, your passion and your background?
1: You know, I would say a little bit of both. So While I was going through physical therapy school and I discovered calisthenics and uh, all these other cool things, I just started naturally posting my journey and I was being shared by other calisthenic pages and naturally just started to grow. So, my only focus there was graduating physical therapy school and my escape (laughs) was (laughs) social media. So, it was just fun to kind of share my journey, share what I was learning share some progresses some setbacks, whatever it may be. And so my only focus was to authentically and genuinely share my journey of fitness and what I was doing with my body and how it could possibly help and inspire other people. And so that was, and my, I mean, my handle was Jen underscore ES underscore care. (laughs) Like it it started that way because that was purely for friends. So it was really no monetary, thought process even there. I never intended to make it a business. Um, and it wasn't until once I graduated physical therapy school and I changed the name to doc gen fit. And I started educating people that people were really gravitating toward my mobility posts more than strength, more than corrective exercises. People loved to see how they could open up their mobility. And then for you,
0: cause I would love to kind of, cause there's so many things I want to ask you because I think that it's, I find it so fascinating how you were able just to take this passion. And then you really kind of saw that people were gravitating more to this specific mobility. And then you were able to, of course, monetize that, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would love to even back up a little bit to kind of figure out when you were first starting, how did you even know to look for those things? Because I think a lot of times people will start to navigate and they're like, well, I don't even know what my audience wants. I don't know what they may be, um, you know, more attracted to in terms of my content versus something else. So was it just really kind of paying attention to what they were saying? Or were you having conversations with your audience? How were you able to kind of pick that out?
1: It was really knowing what videos were taking off and what weren't doing quite as well. Uh, the one, the first video that I ever had that hit a million views was about mobility And it was something that was in my head. It was so simple. I was just like, oh, I want to kind of change out the way that I'm doing these stretches. So I'm going to do them on the floor and create a little flow. And that video took off and got me a million views, 40,000 followers in a week, which was insane. Um, I don't think that happens as much anymore. That was maybe a couple years ago. So you know fortunate to it you just never know when something like that's going to happen and from there almost any post i did about opening up mobility increasing mobility what mobility really is typically did better whether it was like a mobility warm up granted i still have the posts that do really well based on strength and different kind of exercises, but it was more mobility. And when I decided I was going to come out with a program, it wasn't just that I was looking at what videos were doing better, but I was also saying what is a ground level foundational tool that could actually help people. (laughs) And I knew that my audience gravitated toward mobility. And I knew that when everyone starts to add in just a little bit of mobility every day. It builds upon your foundation. So then you can go strength train. You can go understand coordination and power and endurance and all these other aspects of what your body can do, but you must have that foundational level of mobility first. So it was super exciting to me because it was something that I really believe in. And then when I did ask my audience, when I decided to create a program. In my head, I already knew it was going to be mobility, but then I asked just to confirm, I did a survey and I did an Instagram live. Um, and everyone was saying mobility, mobility on the survey is what ran is what, um, got the most engagement. So it was exactly where I was going to go into.
0: And then do you think that, um, and, and this could just be from my lack of knowledge in that space, but this was probably what, three years ago you said?
1: That I decided to write and create a program.
0: No, for the mobility that you kind of really n- niched down on that.
1: Um, I guess I started d- discovering it about two years ago, but I still continue to post a wide variety. I would usually start with mobility for the week or at least have a mobility flow within the week, but I still had a variety of exercises and d- different strengthening tools, different tips, um, throughout every, every week. And
0: was there anyone else at the time that was teaching mobility in this way that you were? Because that's what I've always found, I think, to be so unique about your page and I I think probably constitute to the amazing community that you've built and, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers. But more importantly, it's the content that you're sharing. And it always just seems to be so intentional and unique. go to kajabi.com/influencer and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over 7 billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Um do you feel like that might have I- attributed as well because it's not something that could be found in that way anywhere else?
1: I think um when it started it was quite unique when I started it. Um I actually got the inspiration from my friend. He's a physical therapist up in Toronto and I was kind of telling him, you know, I'm, I'm bored with Instagram. It's not my focus. I'm focusing on being the best PT. And he said, well, why don't you just start trying to educate your audience? He was already doing this and he was doing great. And he kind of gave me a layout and And what I could probably move into, he was like, listen, a lot of yogis like to follow you because you like to be upside down. (laughs) So start talking to kind of the yoga community. How could they open up their poses in terms of what you know about the body? I was like, okay, I could try that. I don't know how it'll be, but I'll try. And so I kind of followed his format and I created a video and it took off. It was one of the most viewed videos that I that I got than any other cool handstand or workout or any other things that I was doing at the time. So that piqued my interest. And the more that I started to play into that, the more it started to grow. And then I did start to meet some of the other physical therapy or chiropractic uh, pages that were doing very similar things or moving into um, very very similar ways. And we were kind of growing together and some were, were new and just budding and, um, just on the rise. But I feel like for me, I see so many, (laughs) I know that's not normal (laughs) for the population. I'm, I look very unique for me. I see a lot of physical therapists. I see a lot of chiros and I'm fortunate to be friends with a lot of them as well, who are even bigger than me in the space.
0: Well, and I just, I love that you kind of walked us through that because what I really heard you say was that you tested something out and you were educating, right? You were giving some kind of educational piece to a community that, that it was something that they needed, but they might've not ever seen it in that way or heard it in that way. And because of that, it provided this immense value and the video took off and it essentially went viral for that community. So I love that you kind of walked us through that when you were talking about your friend from Vancouver and his format, was it a, was it the way that you produce the video or was it the, the format of the mobility moves?
1: No, he didn't tell me what to do in terms of, I mean, it was all going to be up to me in terms of what moves, what, what right. I decided to do. He did, Tell me more in um, how he was structuring the video and what was working for him. So what he was doing at the time and what I still do to this day is half of the screen is an anatomy photo and half of the screen is the exercise that would address that portion of anatomy or that pain area or that pose or whatever it may be that I'm talking about. You get to see the illustration right there. See that's so
0: genius. I love I love that you're walking
1: through that because and I know it probably sounds so
0: simple to you Jen and you've been doing it for so long but you know listeners are going to eat this up because they always love to to try to figure out like what could I do that is That is just unique. That may just be something that my audience isn't used to seeing or that may could be maybe take it one step farther to be a little bit more helpful. And, Mm -hmm. um, the side by side that you do show, because it's, it's physically showing you on the body, you know, where this mobility is going to be targeting or, you know, where the rotation is going to be taking place or what have you. But then we actually get to physically see you showing us how to do it, which I think is just fantastic in terms of education.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you. And I think you had sh- you actually shared with me when I went to hear you talk of how, you know, your audience doesn't even hear or doesn't even get to see much of what you're putting out. Right. Right. Um, uh, and so and a lot of people, you know, especially nowadays, we all want to blame the algorithm, we want to blame other things. But I I think we need to start taking responsibility back mm-hmm. and say, no, it's just that I'm not putting out viral enough content. Unfortunately, you are on a social platform that is, people are going to be gravitating toward what looks most appealing. Exactly. That's what Instagram is. Different for every platform a little bit, but particularly for Instagram, you have to capture someone so visually, which is why the anatomy photo works so well. And what I also tell people is that if someone is scrolling through, you got to capture their, their eyes, like a billboard. It is a billboard that you're putting out there. And if you're not capturing them in the first one to three seconds, they're scrolling past.
0: Mm. It's so true. And I think that a lot of times, you know, I I talk about this a lot too, with the algorithm that it's, it's so easy because we don't ever want to really, it's, it's, Harder to blame ourselves and kind of look within about like what could I maybe not be doing or doing that could be contributing to my lack of growth. It's a lot easier to blame the algorithm or to blame Instagram or what have you. I actually just went on a rant about this on Instagram the other day, but I love that you brought that up because it is so important to remember that the platform is more saturated now more than ever, right? Mm -hmm. So you're going to have to, you're competing, your level of quote unquote competition when it, when it comes to the content and the engagement is at a much higher threshold, but really at the end of the day, the algorithm is just a computer system. So if your audience is not seeing your content, it's because they're not engaging in your content. It's as simple as that. And so if you want them to engage in your content, then you have to bring something to the table that they find extremely engaging and not just extremely engaging, but that they find more engaging than someone else's content. Mm Mm-hmm. That's the only way that the algorithm is going to, the computer system is going to start equating your content into their data, essentially. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I love that you take ownership of that and that you shared that and and that your, your platform and your brand that you've created on Instagram specifically, um, or how you execute your brand, I should say, is a great example of that. And um I know of course we've talked about your passion a lot um today and you had told me that you know your passion really is to empower the world to have the tools to take care of their bodies and to relieve their own pain. I would love to know kind of where this passion comes from. Um a little bit more of your why and you know why you got into physical therapy in the first place and you know now you're a doctor of physical therapy. So where yeah. that came from.
1: Um really I've just always loved Kind of human movement, the body. I loved anatomy back when I was learning it in high school, so I knew that uh, I was going to go into kinesiology for for undergrad. I didn't know specifically that it was going to be physical therapy, but I knew I loved the study of human movement, which is what kinesiology is. And so, as I was going into that, I I picked up a physical therapy aide job, and I actually didn't even like where I was an aide. It was like a mill. You're like seeing. 50 patients a day. I mean, it was crazy. But I did like watching therapists with their clients. I loved observing what are they feeling for the movement? What are they looking at when they're watching movement? I loved the idea of being able to get someone back in tune with their body um, and you know, allow them to feel a release of pain, um, an improvement in strength, a just a tuning in to their bodies. And I loved that aspect. So um, I knew that physical therapy then was going to be the route that I was going to go to. I I was like, well, there's loans. Oh, well, there's this. Oh, well, it takes three more years. Oh, well, this is what I want to do. <laughs> so there was no, you know, kind of stopping me. That was the route that I wanted to go go down. And then I was as I was in physical therapy school, I have been very fortunate to have grown up with minimal injuries. I was a gymnast, so I obviously... Pull and strain stuff, broke things, but I've always been relatively healthy and I've seen a relatively healthy family as well. Mm-hmm. My parents still water ski to this day. My mom still single skis. They work out still to this day, like later into their sixties. So I'm like, just, and my mom was a fiend working out when I was young. So I've always seen an active lifestyle. That was just a part of life. It wasn't something that you had to do. So I was fortunate in that, but what I did see when I was in grad school was someone who had cerebral palsy and was Mm -hmm. living in a wheelchair and he has every, every excuse to, you know, feel helpless, feel like he needs to be taken care of. And yet this person who you can't understand him, he's very intelligent, but the motor control of his mouth doesn't work. So he can't speak very well. But he lives on his own. He uses the phone to type in when the transportation will come, and he's able to transport himself around. When he got too big to lift himself back into his wheelchair, he started swimming, I mean, it was just, it was so incredibly inspiring to say, here's this person with extreme limitations that we would put on them, Mm -hmm. that we would Mm -hmm. say, you're disabled, you're this, you're that. And yet he doesn't see it that way. He says, this is the body I've been given. And now I'm going to live with what I have and uses literally his full capability to be able to do just that without complaining. Another young lady has junior rheumatoid arthritis, can barely bend her elbow to 90 degrees, can barely spread her legs. Her joints are just so inflamed, so locked up. She's already had six surgeries by the time she was 25. Wow. Wow. And yet she is running and doing yoga and has a relationship and just continues to thrive within what her body is able to do and what she's been given. Another young man, you know, bilateral amputee above the knee and is wanting to run um, triathlons for the regular Olympics. Not, wow. you know, he's already done so well in, in what he's doing. He wants to, he wants to be seen as, you know, just a regular person because he's that badass. <laughs> uh, and so it was just so inspiring to see these people who we would put limitations on them and yet they have none. And yet we have so many people who put limitations on themselves that they don't actually have and say, I can't do this. Nope, I can't do that. I can't do that. And we're not using our full capability of our body to actually be able to thrive until it's too late, until we get an injury, until we have pain, until we get woken up in some way, where we're like, oh, maybe I should have been doing this. Maybe I should have been getting help. Maybe I should have seen a physical therapist. You know, we, we wait until it's too late or maybe not too late, but we wait until we find pain, until we have the injury to finally start to wake up a little bit. Mm. I know it's, it really does
0: put things in perspective. And it's always so interesting to me that I think that's part of, unfortunately, like it, it, that's just a, that's a human pattern and a condition that a lot of us have to kind of hit that rock bottom before we're like, Oh, wait a second. Maybe I should, you know, find the gratitude and, and, and this and take care of myself and you know, use my body and not make up excuses every day. It's, it's really interesting. And I love that you said to me prior to this is that you, you really want to change the mindset around therapy because you said, and I loved this, no one fixes you, you fix, you fix you Yeah, and really empower people to take responsibility of their own body. So with what you just said, and those amazing examples of those people who don't even see themselves as overcoming anything, you know, they're just living their lives. How do you hope to empower, uh, how do you hope to empower people to take responsibility of their bodies? Is there, for those listening today, are there specific mindset shifts or just little steps that people can start taking in their daily lives to start taking ownership of what they need to own in terms of fixing themselves?
1: Yeah, I think the first step is really getting to understand our body and tuning in for a second. (laughs) Uh, We usually run through life really quickly, taking care of everyone else but ourselves and don't give our bodies the chance to feel what's happening until injury or pain. And so that, that could look like instead of doing you know, not instead, but just like you do your, your physical, maybe you also go and see a physical therapist just to, just to get awareness of what's restricted, what's maybe not firing very well. And what could I be working on so that I don't have to come see you three times a week Mm -hmm. (laughs) Later on, you know, so maybe it's, it's dropping in with a physical therapist for one session, which out of a year should not be difficult to do. I mean, people schedule massage after massage after massage or go get their chiropractic adjustment all the time, and yet we're not go- going back to the baseline and saying, wait, 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 what could I be doing that I didn't even know was happening in my body, mm-hmm. so I don't have to keep scheduling massages, so I don't have to keep going back and getting adjustments. These massages and adjustments, they feel great, but they're quick fixes. It's not something that's actually if you're laying on a table passive and not doing anything, you're actually not creating change within your body.
0: Yeah. It's like just treating like the one sy- symptom, not actually treating yeah. what, exactly. you're, you, what you need.
1: Right. And why do you think something goes back out of place again? Because right. <laughs> it, it wasn't treated, the, right? The first, it's just that, you know, when you crack, when you do adjustments as well, I'm not against them. I use them as a physical therapist as well when necessary, Mm. but it's, it is a neurological trick and it is releasing endorphins. So it makes you feel good. Just like you get out of massage and you feel amazing, Mm -hmm. but, and those are still great tools to be able to use, but it's not actually going to fix anything. It's not actually getting you in tune with your body. Mm. So being Mm. able to at least see a physical therapist or a chiropractor, if they're, you know, really good in movement, um, is great to be able to just drop in once or, you know, that's why I created the mobility method because it has a self-screening tool that people can start to use to tune in and see, oh, I didn't even know that was restricted. Oh, I didn't even know that's what your range of motion was supposed to be. And then you start to just pick an exercise. What is one thing that's going to drop me into opening up my thoracic spine? What is one thing that's going to help my hip mobility that I can do in my warm-up before I work out? Or what's the one thing? So it becomes these little things that you just seamlessly start to integrate into your life.
0: How how does? And I guess I'll ask you. I would love to know what those. And I know that every body is different. And so you you know, unless you really see someone and and treat them and know what their challenges may be, you're not going to be able to say, "Well, you need Pilates or you need yoga or whatever." But um, is there a certain type of exercise or a a certain type of stretching? Mm-hmm. that we should all be looking into or trying to do just to gain a little bit more flexibility and mobility in our motions and, and how we move. And I say that specifically, because so many of my listeners are just like me, they're sitting at a desk all day. Right. And so, you know, what are some of the things for those you know, in corporate America, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs that are, you know, either scrolling on their phones or sitting at their desk typing all day, could start to do to try to open that up, you know, as as the baby steps, I guess.
1: Yeah. Well, the main thing that I want people to start to focus on is breath work because if you're not, if you're locked up in your breathing, if you're breathing from your chest, you're telling, first of all, you're telling your brain, you're always in a stressful state. So you're going to want to continue to get massages or your upper traps. Are you going to always feel tight? Your neck's going to feel tight all the time. So breath is the number one, most important thing. Not only does it cause stress in the body, but it also locks up your mobility. So no matter how much you stretch or you, how much mobility you do, you're going to continue to feel tight. It's like the person who's like, I foam roll every day and yet I still can't touch my toes. (laughs) I would go back to, okay, let's look at your breathing. Cause it really is legitimately the number one thing that everyone needs to kind of focus on. And the easiest way that I tell people to do that is when you get into bed at night, lie on your back, bend your knees or prop some pillows under your knees, get comfortable, place one hand on your chest, one hand near like your lower belly, not lower belly, like, um, I would say upper belly, low rib cage area and see if you could expand as you take a breath in through the rib, low rib cage and kind of belly without lifting from the chest hand. And then can you breathe out and allow that rib cage belly hand to drop? And that's the hand that's mostly doing all the movement. Oh, so it's wow. it's really then taking that and saying, okay, <laughs> I'm not even breathing. <laughs> right always going to be stressed out.
0: So. I'm so excited for everyone listening to try this and I want them to reach out to us on Instagram and let us know how this goes and what they find from this. Cause I think that this is a really cool kind of test and experiment.
1: Yeah. And this is like, Baseline. You could even do it when you're sitting at your desk. You can just sit back, place one hand on your chest, one hand on your low rib cage, belly area, and see how you're breathing. See if you can tap back into. Like a lot of people who don't like meditation, who don't have time for meditation, who don't don't believe in it, whatever it may be, this is a great tool to use instead of that.
0: Mm.
1: Because now I'm not telling you, okay, go into a meditative state and da 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 da. I'm just telling you, focus on your breath like tune in, stop for a second and focus on your breath. Cause then you can't really, you don't allow yourself to go to other places. You're literally tuning into your body. Mm -hmm. And so it's a great tool to kind of get back into your body and naturally start to open up mobility. Next thing I would do is, is because you're in a rounded position, you want to open up that position. So again, you can do it laying in your bed, stack some pillows underneath like your back and head and allow your arms to kind of fall out in a football post. And you should get a good stretch across your chest. There's many other ways that you can do that stretch. You could do it on a wall and I've shown it many different ways on my Instagram. But again, if you just have your bed, it's one of the easiest ways and it feels really relaxing. And just breathing into that for like five minutes is such a powerful way to start to open up the chest and release like the pecs and the tightness happening there from being forward in a computer so often. Mm. Um, I
0: I love that. I'm going to have to try that one too.
1: Yeah. Oh, that one feels really good.
0: Well, I I always laugh because um, yeah, I, I love to follow you, as I've mentioned numerous times, and I'll always try to um, test myself to see if I can do some of the things that you're doing on there. And a lot of times my husband will walk in and he'll be like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm just trying to do this thing <laughs> that Jen does, and I, I'm not doing it well, but I'm, I'm trying. And one of those things is um, inversions. And I would love if you could share just a little bit, because you know, being upside down, there's so many benefits. A lot of people don't know the benefits of them. Um, I would love if you could share a little bit, um, the benefits of inversions and how, and how we could try to test some of those things out just to kind of get the blood flowing. And again, the breath and, um, and, and getting more of that into our bodies every day as we're working so hard.
1: Yeah. Um, and you know, it's funny for me, inversions just obviously come naturally because I, was a gymnast from a young age. So I would literally have like, I'd be in the store with my mom and I'd be like, I need to do a handstand. She'd be like, okay, now no one's looking. (laughs) And it was just something that it did. It kind of released stress. It made me feel happy. I will do it to this day if I just need to get up and go upside down. So it, I mean, it has been shown to increase endorphins. You're, you're working on your body. So it's, very much like a way to improve your shoulder mobility, improve your hip mobility, kind of uh, release tension all throughout your body. Because now you're having to use your breath in a different mentality, and you're flipping your body and kind of improving your circulation, just in blood blood flow in a different area. So it's it's a really cool way to kind of test your capability within your body. A lot I've heard a lot of people who just are you know, I can never do that. I can't do that. And again, it goes back to this, I can't. And I'm like, can you lift your arms over your head? Can you just stand here and lift your arms overhead? And if they can, I say, you are capable of learning how to do a handstand, 100%. And it just takes work and play and fun. And and I say, if we could take exercise and capability of our body back to play and fun, then that's where it actually becomes something that you're gonna add into your life it becomes something that is going to be more beneficial because you look forward to it every day. I know on Sundays, Lewis and I used to just go down to um, what we call the Acro Greens, which is just Santa Monica. (laughs) And uh, we would learn Acro and we'd spend hours, like four to five hours just playing. And you don't realize that you're working out the whole time because you're just playing, you're learning new skills, you're, you're around other people. So Getting into a state of play for physical activity at least once a week, besides just your hardcore sweating, is so important. And, you know, it it is different, unfortunately, gender to gender. Men replenish their hormones within twenty four hours. Women, it depends on your cycle. Oh wow. (laughs) So within you know, right after you have your period from days one through 15, it's really good to be able to go hard and use those high intensity HIIT workouts and do a lot of cardio. But then, you know, in the later and and when you're on your cycle, it's best to go back to more of like your Pilates and your yoga. And I I read somewhere there was like a study that actually showed, you know. When we're pushing, uh, when women are pushing themselves and their bodies, while they are in the state where they should be more relaxed in their bodies, they could actually lose muscle mass. Mm. So it actually works opposite when you're pushing your body during a phase that it, it shouldn't have as much intensity with the activity.
0: And that just kind of goes back to what you said earlier about listening to your body and what your body needs.
1: Yes. I get asked all the time, what's your workout routine? What are you doing? And I and I say, honestly, I listen to my body. I get up in the morning and it's, how do I feel today?
0: Hmm. That's, I mean, and I, I think about that because a lot of times, you know, myself and I have, you know, friends that will do this, that we'll, we'll force ourselves into these routines, right? Because we have to like be fit mm-hmm. and look good and be healthy. And so we'll do yes. these spin classes and Pilates and high intensity interval trainings. And uh, after a while, if you're not really finding the fun, as you said, or the passion in it, it, get you can get burned out, and then you just don't work out at all, which is also yeah. not good because you just stop. Exactly. So, um, what I know that I've I've had myself and some friends of I have been doing are just trying to find more joy based activities. So, I learned how to skateboard with my son, and mm. we'll go skateboarding every day. Oh my and, so I didn't, yeah, and I didn't realize. I remember one morning I woke up and I was like, "Why am I so sore? Like, why are my <laughs> inner thighs?" And like, and my husband was like, "You went skateboarding for two hours yesterday." And I was like, "Oh, right." Like, I didn't even think about that being like a workout. Yeah, you know. Exactly. And um, and so I I have, and I've I've really noticed that as I've gotten more into my 30s, and I think that some friends that I've talked to as well have noticed that that the more that they try to force themselves to do a workout the more that they either get burnout and then they stop, you know, there's the, the more that you lose the consistency, I guess I should say.
1: Percent, a hundred percent.
0: And so I, I love your, your, just your encouragement of that, that like you you can have fun with physical activity. It doesn't have to like go to the gym, do these reps. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And it really is about listening and accountability. I think accountability is huge. If I didn't have I've been working out at 6 a.m., but if I didn't have a girlfriend who was going to come meet me at 6 a.m., some days I will probably sleep in. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The has been huge. And I would say... You know, and that's where it's harder to pull back people back into mobility and understanding and slowing down in their body, because so much of it is you have to go hard. You have to do all these things. But if we're not taking care of our body, you're not, you're not going to be able to sustain that. Mm-hmm. And, and I would love to see, and this is why I'm going to continue to spread this message, because it's like... I would love to see how we get to the point where it's like brushing your teeth. You do at least one to two mobility exercises every day because you know this is where you're most restricted or you switch off from day to day, but it only takes you two minutes. And you know that it's important to add into your life because it's going to help you to lift your kid, It's going to help you to be on the floor. It's going to help you to, be, to do whatever in life that is actually functionally necessary for you and to prevent you know, possible injuries and pain, just like it, you brush your teeth every day. You brush your teeth so that you prevent cavities, you prevent root canals, you prevent all these other things and hopefully are flossing and taking the extra time to do that so that we don't have to go back to the dentist and be told some horrible thing is happening to our mouth. (laughs) Right. Exactly.
0: Um, well, speaking of the accountability and the mobility, Um, I would love if you could share with us more about the mobility method. And I mean, obviously we know the passion behind it, um, which it is your program, but you know, how it exactly came about, why you knew that you needed to create it for, you know, for everyone, for your community, for the people who needed it the most. And what could we expect to find within that? Um, Especially when it comes to, you know, not feeling alone, you know, having that accountability and having that community to support you through that consistency?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it first came around because I knew that there was something more that I needed to give people. Like, like we talked about, you know, not everyone is seeing your posts. Uh, not everyone is being able to engage. Not everyone is actually taking what you post and implementing it into their lives. So what can I give them? That would be a a solid toolbox that they could always go back to. And it's actually going to pinpoint exactly what they need. And I also didn't want to create something that was going to, you know, be your 12 step guide to mobility, because I don't believe that it might take 12 steps. It might take, it might take one month. It could take a year. Mm -hmm. You know, every body is so unique and beautiful and different, and you could have the exact same diagnosis of a rotator cuff but I'm going to have you doing completely different exercises. Your hip pain can be due to your ankle immobility or your restricted big toe or your tight upper back. There's so many different places that our body is all connected and it compensates in different ways due to other restrictions and other things not moving and opening up well. But unless someone is walking through life exactly like you walk through life, sitting exactly the way you sit, writing the way you write, just the same activities, you are going to have different programs. And so being able to give people uh, something that could be tangible that they could actually start to understand within their body. So that's why I provided a self-screening assessment that people can go through and just get to know their bodies. It literally goes through every joint to see what should be moving and how what is what is quote-unquote normal according to research within our bodies and our mobility and where you could be restricted. And then it drops them into, okay, if this is restricted, these are some exercises I might suggest focusing on, but then it also is broken up into all different modules based on the hip, the shoulder, the back, the, you know, all these different places that you could just go in and, and move through an exercise and say, wow, that feels really good. I need to add this in in the morning, or this feels amazing. I need to add this in as a warm up. So, it, it, you know, you can go through it at various different times and just pick the thing that is needed for your body. And it's going to change because we move through life and we change <laughs> and mm-hmm. things are going to come up in different ways. But getting back to our mobility, our foundation is key. A baby doesn't crawl until they can put their toes in their mouth. I mean, there's, there's literal milestones of mobility from when we're a kid. And unfortunately, those you know, get restricted as we get older because we sit in chairs and we have to go through school in chairs and then we go into desk life and we're sitting at desks and we're sitting in cars and we're sitting in toilets that aren't even good and functional for our bodies. So it's like we, we lose our function, we lose our mobility through life, which is normal and that's okay. But being able to get back to it is our foundation and what we should be striving for.
0: Mm, I love that, and I love that you provided something that is so tangible for anyone, no matter their their level of mobility, no matter their location, no matter what physical ailments or challenges that they may have, that they can they can use and yeah. and really benefit from. And I also know that you have the optimal body, which is a membership. Um, can you share a little bit about that as well?
1: Yeah. So that was, you know, for someone who doesn't want to necessarily (laughs) take the time to kind of try to figure out what's going on. And it will just provide you with an upper body mobility flow, a full body mobility flow, a spine mobility flow. You know, it, it goes through. So each month there's four new mobility flows. There's four new core stability workouts that take you from you know, level one of what the core is and what exactly should be firing, when it should be firing and what is actually the core to to level four and how you can advance and progress. And then four new hit workouts, functional hit workouts, I call them because they really go through the full body and it provides a really good, effective uh, way to get a good workout, but it's actually balancing your cardio and your strength so that you can continue to continue to get stronger while building endurance. And actually studies have shown too that with HIT workouts, if you continue them consistently as you're getting older and you're you're continuing that interval training, it's actually reversing um, your age in, in terms of like your, your oxygen intake. Because oftentimes as you get older, that reduces. But if you continue with interval training, it's been shown to have a reverse effect. So it actually helps. Mm-hmm. Um, so, really cool studies um, so there's just there's so much that you know someone can utilize with just within their own home without having to go to a gym without needing any equipment and without even needing to think and that 's really what I wanted to provide with the optimal body
0: and I just find it just so cool because you have so many different levels of being able to really do what you want, which is to empower people to live the healthiest version of their life that they can in their bodies. Um, You know, from, you have so much amazing free content on your Instagram, not only on yours, but on the mobility methods, Instagram handle, just to give us like a sliver of just the capacity of you know, different types of movements and things that we can learn and ways that we can strengthen our bodies. And then you have these two amazing programs that if we need something that's more, a little bit higher level, or really want to dive a loop, a little bit deeper into kind of what we each need personally. So I love that you've been able to kind of hit all corners of that to really just show up and to serve. So you're doing such a fantastic job and I love that. So thank you so much for that. Um, yes, I want to talk about collaboration for a moment um, and kind of diving back into social media because, again, I I think that you're so good at social media growth, authentically growing your tribe and really serving your community, what it is that they, that they want and that they need. You had told me that collaborating with others in your space has been greatly supportive to Mm -hmm. the growth of your brand and the growth of your, um, just your service and what you do. What are ways in which you have collaborated? Have there been collaborations that you've done that you've really seen, um, make an impact versus ones that, you know, maybe you tested out and it, and it, probably wasn't the best use of everyone's time. Um, Is it kind of different uh, techniques like that? Or is it just finding the right people to collaborate with?
1: You know, it might be a, a little bit of both. I think you have to feel authentically connected with the person you want to collaborate with as well. I've had a lot of people reach out to me and say, you know, oh, hey, I'll repost your thing if you repost mine. And I've done it in stories which hasn't really seemed to be as effective, but I've never done it on my page because to me, honestly, I just haven't felt like it would be authentic. I love to con- to uh, collaborate with people in person so that people can actually get the touch and the feel of like our camaraderie together and that we are authentically wanting to, you know, share our knowledge together rather than just posting someone so that they post me that to me, especially nowadays, I don't know how authentic that would be to an audience and how effective it would be. Now, granted, if your page is a page that is just showing other people regularly and that's people know that they can come to your page and they're going to see other people that that could be a really good method. But then you have to know that is what your page is for. Mm -hmm. I have actually tried in way back, probably two years ago to repost friend, my friend, because he was reposting mine, his page is known for you're going to see other people's content in here. It's going to be his, it's going to be other people's. He was kind of like the head honcho of, uh, movement and rehabilitation in terms of social media in the beginning. And when I ever tried to repost one of his things, it never did as well. Mm-hmm. So I knew I need to stay within my lane, which my lane is people want to see what I'm doing. Like that's just how I've set my Instagram up, that's what I've been doing. So my collaborations happen in person and what's been most effective is when I give a little snippet of something and then someone and then I say you got to go to this person so that they can you know follow up on what you're getting. So so then it it is authentically collaborative for both parties where you both kind of allow each other to build off of each audience and that's been really effective. I've done a whole week with my chiropractic friends at Move You and and it was effective for both of us. They had more of a male audience, I had more of, of a female audience, so being able to switch back and forth between those was really cool and was great for both of us. I would say also in terms of collaborating, it's it, you typically are if you are a lower number in, you know, it, uh, followers, and you go to someone who has hundreds of thousands, they might not want to. <laughs> so you also have to, you know, kind of go within your community that you have at the time, or you start building relationships, and maybe out of that relationship, they authentically want something to happen. So instead of just doing, you know, videos in person with people, I've actually started doing lives, Instagram lives as well and bringing other people on. And they might not have a big following, but I believe in their work and what they're doing. And we've built a good relationship. So I've been doing Instagram lives with a lot of other clinicians, uh, through the weeks lately, and it's been really fun and super collaborative. So that could be a way for you. If you don't have as many followers, you don't want to feel like you don't need to post me, but maybe we could do a live together, you know, and asking kind of to to get that audience that way. I've, I've done it with other people and I've had other people on mine. So it's a really fun way to, to be collaborative from anywhere nowadays that you can do the split screen live.
0: I love that. I mean, those are both two really awesome tips. I love that. Um, the first one that you said, you know, to really know your audience. And if they're used to seeing you, if they want you at the end of the day and not necessarily other people on your feed, then maybe doing something in person. So they still Mm -hmm. get you and the content works. So that is so smart and, and just a great way to still collaborate without, um, you know, repelling your audience for lack of a better word. And then I loved what, um, what you said about the Instagram lives. It's a great way to use Instagram lives in form of a collaboration. Mm-hmm. Awesome stuff. Um, well, before we wrap this up, I wanted to do, um, I wanted just to ask you some, some fun questions, um, just on an, on an array of different things. So, um, who is your favorite person to follow on Instagram?
1: Ooh, <laughs> that's interesting. Um, you know, I, I don't know that I have one favorite person. I think I, I, I like to look at what people are doing in general, Just, mm-hmm. to, but I try not to get too caught up. In terms of what people are doing and what what do I need to be doing, oh, they're doing this, do I need to do that? I try not to get too caught up in that as well um and I think that's really easy to do in social media, so I would say I don't have one person to be honest, right? yeah. or maybe is there a few people that
0: you find inspiring or that you go to for inspiration, whether it's in your field or a different
1: field? Mhm um I would say. Obviously, I I feel like uh, Lewis has awesome content. Yes, yeah. I think Kaiser Fit is always authentic, real, and dominant content. So I love, uh, and she's a good friend. So love following her and what she's doing. And I would say my my friend Vinny. He's really been the you know, the one who propelled this whole physical therapy rehab world Mm -hmm. forward. And so it's, it's really cool to see how he continues to grow and what he's been doing with his page.
0: And what is your favorite book or your website or a favorite program that you've either read or used for business that has really helped you that you kind of look back and say, okay, this was, this was like a big aha moment for me, or this really propelled me to that next level.
1: Definitely launch. From Jeff, Jeff
0: Walker. Walker yeah. <laughs> he has a great, um, he has a great formula with, yeah. uh, with launching products and services. He's awesome. Um, and then, um, an app that you can't live without Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's like, it is what it is. I know. Um, so I would love to know, um, because we did mention Lewis a couple of times, but we didn't fully mention, um, your amazing boyfriend is Lewis Howes, who is just an incredible force, an incredible human podcaster, speaker, New York Times bestselling author, all of the above. Yeah. Um, how, you know, as a, as a couple, as a team, as a unit, how -hmm. do you both try to empower and help each other on this platform to really serve a greater good? How do you bring both of your forces together to make a greater impact? And, and I say that to really, if there's anyone listening that, you know, either works with a boyfriend or a husband or significant other, or they both use the platform, you know, how could they work together to, um, to bring about a more empowered Movement.
1: Mm. You know, I think one thing that we do great is we we disconnect from social media and business together really, really well. Mm. <laughs> and so we we make sure whether that's taking time in the morning after we've both worked out or before we go to bed, that there's no phones and we're just connecting with each other. And then we're also you know, if I discover something new or exciting, I might come to him and say, hey, have you seen this? And vice versa. So we're very open and collaborative in terms of, you know, making sure we're both in the know of things and, and helping each other propel forward. I'm always asking, how can I help you? And he's always asking, how can I help you? So, and it's mostly, we mostly focus on just doing our own thing. I think that's been best. Um, and I will turn to other people if I need help. Um, but we're always open to supporting each other. I love
0: that. And I love, I love the idea of, of the phones. I mean, it's, that's such a big one. Yeah. Well, Jen, thank you so much for coming on today. I did want to ask you one more question before we wrap this up. It's one that I ask everyone that comes on the show. That is what does influence mean to you?
1: Influence means being able to take what's been so valuable in your life and share it, like, no matter how scary, how vulnerable you think it may be, it's because it was valuable to you, it is going to be so valuable to so many others. So share. I love that. Oh, well, thank you so much for coming on. If you're listening today and you want to dive deeper
0: into the topics that Jen covered, of course, um, her Instagram, she's going to share that handle in a moment of where you can find her on all of the things, but make sure to check out the influencerpodcast.com. We will be listing it all there as well as um, links to where you can find her directly, the programs that she mentioned today, and some of our biggest takeaways. So Jen, where can we start following you and learning more about you online?
1: Uh well, my biggest is Instagram, DocGenfit. And I am at DocGenFit.com, uh DocGenFit on Facebook and all the things. <laughs> all the things.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming today and sharing your wisdom and just your heart. And I love you so much. You're so awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Wanting even more influencer podcast goodness and to connect with like-minded influencers. Join our Facebook community for daily tips on how to up level your business and chat with myself and other listeners. All you gotta do is visit facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the influencer podcast to be a part of this wonderful community.